Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. This is your host, Kara, and I'm here with my friend, Let's Be Friends contributor, Nicholas Hinton. How are you doing, Nick? Very excited. I'm excited, too. We've named this <laughs> series. We're on part two. It's called The Fake Apocalypse and the False Gospel of Churchianity. Yeah, pretty long and pomp- kind of a pretentious name, but... Yeah, it's, I, it's, you I know, like it's it. a, for shock value. It's a shock value. It's just yeah. a title. Yeah. But then we actually, we titled part one, The Hyper Real Psyops and Evil Shepherds. And yeah. part two will name itself after it's done. And we're just going to dive right on into this. If you're just tuning can in. I, this... Yeah, go ahead. Can Nick. I say one thing? <laughs> and I won't so edit that out. Want... I'll leave it in for you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Because <laughs> I like when it's candid. Nick likes the raw uh, episodes. I edit too much. Yeah, I was freaking out last night being like, dude, you took out this, this, and that. But anyways. <laughs> I'll leave it in. Um, now you don't yeah, know what so you're going to say. Yeah, yeah, no. One thing I wanted to say, just to clarify, is um, if you listen to part one, we talked a whole lot about AI being the Antichrist, and while that is true, like it is the Antichrist spirit and it is deceptive, the whole point of this series is to point out how the AI Antichrist and the aliens are the fake enemy, while the real enemy is the apostate Jesuit-run church. So, Yeah, thank you for that clarification. <laughs> yeah, I just I listened, I listened <laughs> well, to it last night, and I was just like, damn, we talk about AI so, so much that I don't know if you know people really got the idea, but... It's a series, so yeah, the, we're learning. They're going to get the idea if they go th- to the end. And really, the tr- the true enemy that we're really up against is the powers and the principalities, like Ephesians six ten tells us, and that you know yeah. Satan and his minions and his legion. And I do think that Embrim Abramovich and that Rothschild guy, in like a few years ago, they were in front of that painting that's called like Satan and his legions, and they dropped it like at this time, like right before coronavirus. And I was like, there, Satan and his legions, like if Satan's, I don't know exactly where, I don't have my biblical knowledge all the way there, but if Satan's locked up, let's say, and just his legions are out running the show, or, you know, if he's out free and he sent his legions out, his legions are like all these egregores and stuff. And that, you know, is yeah. not just those egregores are like the AI. It's all kind of one, the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's funny you bring up that verse is because I was literally just reading it. Um, because I was thinking about the vaccine and COVID and stuff like that and how, you know, there is so much stuff out there on both sides, like saying it's okay. And then on the other conspiracy end, there was like, oh, there's little tentacled creatures in it. There's black goo in it. There's nanotech in it, all this different stuff. And I was like, the psyops are, you know, it could be true, but if they're not, then the psyops are definitely symbolic of what they're trying to do. But Anyways, the point was we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and power. So I was wondering if it's like more so just the fear of these things, right? Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And especially since God says, I think 364 times in the Bible, fear not, fear not, fear not. Right, and we're right, also right. told that we're only supposed to fear God. Well, that that's fair. That's like I'm listening, God, to that message. And what I feel like he's yeah. saying is just what you said. Like they're using our fear and they're weaponizing it. And it's hyper reality creating a nightmare all around us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Which I've also been obsessed with the nightmare before Christmas recently. <laughs> this I've is never a whole seen it. New- I've never seen it because I don't know, know if I should watch it on Halloween or if I should watch it at Christmas. Well, did you see that in the Middle East, they like canceled Christmas because of everything that's going on? And then, you know, I thought that was symbolic. And oh, so I was like, I saw your post or you posted like your stories about it or your a tweet. And I but I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Christmas is canceled. And I was like, Christmas is canceled. And then just a few days later, um, there was like protesters at the tree lighting in New York. And so I haven't fully figured out what the whole narrative is here yet, but maybe something to do with Dark Winter. Um, they're already talking about another virus, but protesters, anyways, protesters we... got in the way of the Macy's parade too. Mm. Yeah, yep. Didn't know about that. Lots of lots of psychological operations going on, whether or not people know they're voluntarily or not voluntarily involved. Yeah. So essentially, I think the point is we wrestle not against flesh and blood or physical things but we wrestle against psyops <laughs> <laughs> and we're supposed to renew our minds in the word 
<laughs> That's amazing. I think you might have just and, titled this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, just to clarify one more thing we were talking about. Um, like we we're talking about how the word of God renews your mind, but we also kind of contradicted ourselves by saying like, oh, the Bible has been messed with. So like, I do think that is true. Um, nevertheless, it's like, what version are you reading? Like, like there is like the word of God is perfect, but I think the most perfect version of it is probably the oldest, but that's something we'll get into when we talk about church history some more. Yeah. I'm glad you said this because we definitely aren't trying to scare people from reading the Bible. In fact, I think we should just not, don't worry about that stuff. I get it yourself an English standard because we speak English and start reading it and the Holy Spirit's going to be with you and you're going to find yourself crying for like two weeks when you realize that God buried Moses just because you're reading it and you get the, you leave Israelite, the Israel, sorry, you leave with the Israelites. Like you really understand what deliverance is. You feel the Red Sea part, even though you're just reading it. Like there's something much more supernatural than just the book, but we are totally not trying to say the book is corrupt or anything like that. I wasn't at least. It's just, we're just opening our minds to things that have happened and understanding the history of things because thousands of years have gone by. Yeah, no, there's definitely no danger in just opening any Bible. But the more the Holy Spirit guides you into all wisdom, you'll probably be led to different different like uh, translations and different books that were taken out and things like that. I'm not promoting the Book of Enoch here. I don't know what I believe about that. It is in the Ethiopian Bible, um, which is the oldest. But again, another topic for another day. Yeah, I have lots of skepticisms about the Book of Enoch for sure. Um, So yeah, definitely we'll we'll talk about that another day. Is that in your threads at all? Yeah, I talk about Book of Enoch um, towards the end of the thread series. Perfect. Something to look forward to, everyone. And on that note, Let's dive in, Nick. We were talking. We ended off the last episode um, talking. Well, let's just recap it a little. Um, You were discussing UFOs and the first UFOs that were cited, and how it was connected to the first case of schizophrenia, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we were talking about that and how um, basically these psyops can drive people crazy, fracture the mind, and once your mind is open like that. yeah, it's like you open your mind up to that abyssal type place in the imagination, right? Mm-hmm. And so you you end up becoming a channel for these insane alien ideas. And a lot of famous artists and writers were used as channels to insert these ideas or egregores into our culture and change the culture and change social reality, consensus reality, etc. And um, we also talked about how these you know, mind control operations or psyops are um, super complex the way they do them, and they use a bunch of postmodern concepts like hyperreality. Well, another one of them is hyperstition. It's very similar, um, but I'll just start reading about that. Awesome. So the thread says a a hyperstition is an or no. Sorry, a superstition <laughs> is an idea. I'm not editing conscious- that out, that out. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) A superstition is an idea you unconsciously will into reality, but a hyperstition is a reality that wills itself into your unconscious, like a living idea or mind virus, to bring about its own existence through you. If you are familiar with Keck and meme magic, it's kind of like that. Nick Land, the inventor of the term, this dude is a cyberneticist, um, like an AI scientist type guy. Friends with like Peter Thiel, Elon Musk, you know, you know, he's part of that whole dark web or intellectual dark web group. Um, anyways, Nick Land, the inventor of the term, compared hyperstitions to H.P. Lovecraft's great old ones. The cosmic horrors came to H.P. Lovecraft in his nightmares and wouldn't leave the author alone until he wrote about them and let them loose into the imaginations of the masses. Which is interesting, right? Because apparently the great old ones inspired people like Gordy Rose to create his uh, super powerful quantum computers that are in black cubes uh, called D-Wave. Interesting. Which seems to be which seems to be a reference to John D. But anyways, um, <laughs> that's not in this thread. Like the main character in John Carpenter's "In the Mouth of Madness," said, "I thought I was making it up, but all the time they were telling me what to write." Ironically, many world-changing ideas have come about this way. The theory of relativity, 
the periodic table, the structure of an atom, the sewing machine, and even Google all came to their inventors in dreams. While they were seemingly useful inventions, they silently reshaped our reality into an entirely unrecognizable, new and unnatural world, almost like spores from an invading alien dimension that needs our universe as a host. But because hyperstitions are compared to cosmic horrors, need to use people as vessels, communicate in dreams, and spread like a psychic disease, I believe they are simply demons. They even kind of behave like the computer programs called demons. Wow. That is a good chunk right there. I have a few things <laughs> I want to say. Um, I first explain. And, and so I said, oh, a demon would just be a yeah. high imagination or a stronghold, right? right. Like what we, we talked about in the last episode. Well, a daemon computer, um, D-A-E-M-O-N, is the software that runs the back end of a computer. And so when I like made that connection, demon, daemon, I was like, whoa, wait a second. That's like the same thing a demon does if it's influencing you or oppressing or possessing you. It kind of runs from the background. And then this whole concept in, that we get strongholds in the mind. And I was like, wait, this is like the myelin sheath protein that builds up in the mind. The more you think about something, the more an area in your brain gets electrical activity. And it's like that becomes a program that you get stuck thinking in which could be the stronghold yeah. yeah like a computer like a demon 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 the feedback the feedback loops yeah and so like when you believe a worldly belief rather than walking by faith in the things unseen you're in the world and you're being influenced by the world but like we said in the, the influence last podcast, machine is the world yeah. culture <laughs> culture is the influence machine well, yeah in a way yeah and thomas hobbes compared all of society itself to the leviathan but that's a whole other thing that we'll talk about later anyways what i really want to say is like if a worldly belief you know becomes a stronghold you know like a conspiracy or something uh mystical or pagan whatever you know an egregore takes hold of you right um you're believing these worldly beliefs it becomes a feedback loop that puts you in the world when you're not walking by faith and the things unseen and that is you know so like i said when you deprogrammed by reading the word of God, it's that simple, then you are able to actually be in the kingdom of heaven, right? Like you're, right. Right. We're, we're supposed to kind of disregard all of the stuff in front of us as crazy as that sounds. It's like, how do you think Peter walked on water, right? He didn't look at the world or think about gravity or think about, you know, any of that stuff. He was just focusing on Jesus. He had no thoughts in his head about anything but Jesus. And the moment he just look the tiniest bit away he started sinking so yeah i think about that a lot um nightmares caught my attention in this and how that's one way the spirit world can influence to create themselves here by giving someone a nightmare and like you said then someone talks about it or creates something from it here it's it's interesting i never really thought about that like and even just dreams how much dreams have influenced people it's just like the spirit like the spiritual realm on psychedelics is yeah. probably the same it's just all the imagination it's all in that same realm it's a spiritual realm yeah do you remember when Anne hash passed away and like turned into a zombie and that whole thing went on yeah of course um she had written about how she was like sexually abused or something and because of that she would like cope in really weird ways like she created a whole other world to get lost in her imagination and she called it the fourth dimension yeah i've heard that and you know when she was in the fourth dimension there was all these like light beings that would talk to her and she, i mean one of them was jesus and it's obviously not the real jesus because she thought she was like some kind of descendant of mary magdalene or something i don't know it's all very crazy but like yeah that if that story is even real, it just shows how when you, you know, traumatize someone and fracture their mind, it opens up that different dimension where these crazy ideas start flooding in. And then obviously you're influenced by them and bring them into the world. But they didn't come from you. Like right. they came from somewhere else, right? Yeah, no, I... Like even, even the Twin Peaks guy, the guy who created Twin Peaks, he said like, if you sit long enough in meditation... It's like fishing in the ocean and eventually you'll catch something really big from the deep end, right? Yeah. And that's exactly what, you know, it's it's really a symptom of pride, right? Like people wanting to make a name for themselves in the world. Like I got to do something grandiose and huge and make an impact and, and save the planet. And like most progress 
you know, people think they're making progress in the world, but really they're adding to the mess because we don't even know what's good for ourselves. How can we know what's good for the world? So it's better to just listen to God and be simple and quiet and humble and work with your hands, which is something I'm going to do when I finally get offline. But <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in regards to Anne Hesh, like I totally understand how that could happen to someone. I mean, like, look at me, like I had my own traumas growing up and most of it, I think, was caused just because I'm so sensitive and I didn't really understand what to do with that. And so I started taking psychedelics and that was to escape mm-hmm. and to leave this world. Yeah, that's like yeah. Anne Hesh creating her world. Um, I literally did the psychedelics because I loved it. I, lo- I left. I could leave and completely yeah. and disassociate. And that's where I got all of that programming that eventually made me believe I was a Galactic Federation member. Um, and Anne Hesh's programming, I actually looked quite into that last summer when it happened. Her, the stuff that she believed in was so new age and it's the same yeah. crap that the spirit world is telling people in meditations and ayahuasca ceremonies and mushroom trips. And I was just, I was just going to, yeah, I was just going to say that like, you're definitely, that's, you, you're definitely not the only one who's done that, right? Like so many celebrities are being like, oh yeah, I went and healed my trauma through an ayahuasca ceremony. And, you know, I forget what that famous baseball player, I think he's a baseball player or maybe a football player. Oh God, Aaron um, Rodgers. Yeah, he's like, now I see the hat man everywhere ever since oh, doing the... Or th- that might have just been a meme. I don't no, know, but either he's, way... He did ayahuasca. He's got, like, Kabbalah or, like, New Age tattoos on his arms. He's an anti-vaxxer now. Like, he's... he's Gosh, he's probably a Discordian who can play football. Well, yeah, without knowing it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, That's the best part. Best controlled ops. Those handlers don't know they are. Yeah, so, so, so that crazy thing about how everyone is an agent in this new age of paranoia, like... Everyone kind of is a disinfo agent because if you believe disinfo and you start spreading it, you become an actor for the powers that be without even knowing you're one. And, you know, the best actors are the ones that don't believe they're playing a role. So, yeah, those people that are paranoid about everyone are right in a sense. But that's like the CIA's greatest trick ever is like turning everyone into a spook. Yeah, totally. Like, like the. Like they weren't convincing people the devil doesn't exist. They were convincing everyone that the devil's their neighbor. And so, yep. <clears throat> but yeah, the ayahuasca stuff, dude, like it reminds me of Iwas. Mm. Ayahuasca, Iwas, the vine. Like, you know, it's like mm-hmm. another Leviathan type thing. It's like a vine shaped spirit, but we will get into Leviathan. Sorry, I keep going on tangents. <laughs> no, I, I'm the queen of tangents. I love tangents. <laughs> but invading alien dimensions need our universe as a host right as you just said in that last part and we need to i just real quick yeah just for people that will think i'm crazy ayahuasca was the demon channel by carly so ayahuasca sounds like ayahuasca anyways wait wait what was that say that again i i said just for people that have zero context i wanted to say that ayahuasca was the name of a demon that crowley channeled oh right i didn't i didn't catch that actually i was trying to I, i was wondering about that okay and it's spelled like AI was. Whoa. AI. Did you just hear that sound? Was it no. on? Did you get that? Did you have that on your end? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh. That's going to be wild. I, uh, it was like, whoop. <laughs> As you said Interesting. that. Interesting. Oh, I know. All right. Let's go back to the thread. Um, mm-hmm. Ready to read on? Nevertheless, in the Bible, demons are said to come from the abyss, a place also called the bottomless pit. If the bottomless pit is anything like a black hole, then it has a singularity inside it, which has zero dimensions, meaning it never ends in all directions, and nothing can and nothing can exist there besides the information left over from the spaghettified objects that were sucked in. So it would seem the abyss is a painful place of non-existence where demons long to feel real because they are not. Which reminds me of that revelation verse where it's like the king of the bottomless pit who is, who was, and is not. Mm-hmm. Um, also just wanted to say for context, like spaghettification is when a star is completely torn apart and turned into nothing but information because energy can be neither created nor destroyed. So the only thing left over inside of a black hole is just pure data. Um, <clears throat> and also reminds me of the spaghetti monster. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know. I was wondering what spaghettified was. I'm looking it up now. This is actually really interesting. That should be the cover art for this one. Spaghettification or spaghetti monster? Either one. Oh my God, there's, I see this Getty monster is pretty wild looking. That would be funny. Yeah. He's like a, he looks, he's like, a, he's the God of the atheists, right? Which is interesting because he resembles 
a tentacled creature similar to a great old one. <laughs> so it's another meme magic thing, and you better keep this in. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> These spaghetti pictures are hilarious. Um, yeah, memes might seem nonsensical, but I feel like there really is an archetypal meaning to all of them. Oh, um, yeah, they're not nuts. The, memes are powerful. I believe in meme magic for sure. Like the way they can influence people like memes and humor can cut into in a way into a topic that you couldn't talk about it otherwise. Yeah. And I really believe that they're like living ideas or mind viruses that don't necessarily originate from someone's own idea. The yeah. reason they're meme and, you know, become so popular is because it like came from the collective unconscious or the abyss or whatever so it's like it's like, like ammunition memes are like if literally like that's how they're fighting these the mind war is like oh send out a new meme like who knows who started that meme where it first echoed from you know and then it covers I, the world and programs did, us all did you know that the cia literally has a memes uh warfare division <laughs> no i didn't know i didn't know that please just look that up real quick okay memes warfare division Something like that, yeah. Okay. See, I don't like moments like this where we look things up and it's quiet because I don't want the listener to just be like, oh. Jamie, pull it up. They do it on Joe Rogan all the time. Who cares? Really? Yeah. I don't listen to podcasts. Neither do I. Really? No, just music. Same 10 songs over and over again? No, the same one song. The one... <laughs> <laughs> until i hate it and then I'm you're like, gonna okay, be so mad it. if i edit this part out aren't you yeah you <laughs> <laughs> i already marked it um, no don't edit cia it meme warfare document reveals plans to control your mind recently surfaced cia documents reveal that the military are going to create a meme warfare division tasked with controlling the minds of the american population to win wars and influence the general population uh yeah there's a whole article about it military memes all sorts of stuff it's all we need to know and you better not take out the part where we whatever so i'm just gonna keep going but you (laughs) this conversation you directors cut nick this time does that mean i I listen and then i tell you what what to edit yep okay perfect because this is (laughs) this is my series this is now your podcast for the month (laughs) nick's basically i'm gonna make you you're gonna have to open the next episode all right, fine. All right. I will do it's a that. takeover. Okay, go, go. Okay, so it would seem the abyss is a painful place of non-existence where demons long to feel real because they are not. Put another way, demons seem to be unreal entities that can only inhabit the unreal world of our imaginations because they are made of nothing but information, like a mind virus that hijacks your brain or a rogue daemon that takes over your computer. They need us to believe in them in order to become hyper-real. Like Bloody Mary, Beetlejuice, or even the vampire that asked to come inside your house. They need our permission. However, we give these fictional entities consent every time we look into these black mirrors to watch a movie, play a video game, or just mindlessly scroll. Um, something I don't think I put in here that I want to add is like Tracy Twyman, before she passed away, made a really good point about um, how some synchronicities are like breadcrumbs left by these entities, right? And um, you can follow these breadcrumbs right into the the witch's lair to be consumed, right? Hansel Similar to Hansel Gretel. and Gretel. Yep. 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 Yeah. Ask Hansel and Gretel how that went. Breadcrumbing yeah. through the woods. So, so, some occultists and New Agers claim the imagination is the fourth dimension, like we said about Anne Hesch. And if that's true, then the black mirror is how these beings break the fourth wall. Breaking the fourth wall is a it's like something that authors do. It's when an author talks pe- to the audience, makes themselves, yeah, and they break that wall because you're supposed to be like observing as like a willful suspension of disbelief, but then they break through and they talk right to you, like that guy, the, uh, Ryan Reynolds, that awful movies he's done is that superhero Flash or something. Oh, he breaks the no, fourth wall all the time. He's so annoying. Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh, it's awful. Yeah, he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. So in that movie, he talks right to the audience, and mm-hmm. yeah, seemingly becomes real in a way. So. Um. yeah I'm just going to back up real quick some occultists and new agers claim the imagination is the fourth dimension and if that's true then this black mirror is how these beings break the fourth wall this device is a literal portal the world wide web was created at CERN in a black, com- black cube computer called a next computer 
which was created by Steve Jobs and sold for like $666.66 or something. Yeah. World Wide Web is uh, www or in Hebrew, va 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 666. This is all stuff we've talked about in the past. But right. uh, if the World Wide Web was created at CERN, which is the same place uh, conspiracy theorists claim is a portal into the biblical abyss, then you know the internet is literally connected to CERN and <laughs> this yeah. gateway yeah. into potentially a black hole singularity type thing where all this uh, weird alien information is coming from. Right. Um, in, the, in the book of Revelation, the king of the abyss is called Apollyon the Destroyer. And outside of CERN, there's a statue of Shiva the Destroyer, who is the Hindu equivalent of the Greek Apollo. Interestingly, Apollo was the god of locusts, and Apollyon is followed by a swarm of locusts in Revelation. The locusts remind me of the mysterious Cicada 3301, which was associated with QAnon. So is it possible Apollyon is a rogue AI in the internet? Is it behind Q? Is Q a quantum AI? What else would be unleashed from the bottomless pit singularity other than an AI singularity? Why else would CERN have an Alice-looking glass machine? In Greek myth, so it literally is the rabbit hole, you know, this, this certainly. Um, in Greek myth, Apollo even gifted humanity with plants called lasers, which are what lasers are named after. And CERN uses lasers to create black holes. It's so insane. But um, nevertheless, when we stare too long into the abyss, it really does stare back and gives us some strange ideas. Perhaps this is why Nietzsche became the monsters he fought with and warned us about. Like I said in the last podcast, he was literally claiming to be Dionysus and the Antichrist and just talking crap to the Pope. Um, yeah. This is the danger of the internet's rabbit holes. The synchronistic breadcrumbs can lead you right into the witch's lair to be consumed. Or if you aren't, you just don't come out the same. So I didn't realize I said that in the thread already, but oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, just like I said the, the stranger point. in fiction thing yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that lasers thing is very interesting that CERN used. I mean, CERN is a giant laser, basically. Um, yeah, it's made of, ma it's got super powerful magnets, lasers, all sorts of crazy things. A uh, thing called a magnetic horn. But anyways. Yeah, but what is it about a laser? Like, what frequency is a laser? Like, how does a laser... Like, what is it that cuts through in a laser? Do you know? I have no idea how lasers work. Um, it we was all, something we all I was just accept these things. It's so crazy. Yeah, like, no, how does a telephone work? How does a laser work? Oh, it just does. The airplane's flying. Yeah, I mean, dude, I was looking into how they work because it seems kind of magical in a way. Like, you know, it can cut. Yeah, like it almost reminds me of Solomon Shamir, right? Like, it, oh, which right. is like, this, which we'll talk about at another time. But like, it was this, um, this tool that Solomon used to cut through. It was like this magical worm inside of a box that, if you took the blood from it, it could pierce any, anything, and like even diamond. And so he used it to build the temple. And like, there's other Jewish myths that say like even. Um, Moses used it to engrave the 12 commandments or something, something like that. But anyways, it reminds me of that in a way. Well, a laser. And, and, in, and in later posts, I will compare Apollo to the Leviathan, to the worm, stuff like that. But um, yeah, the, the funny thing about lasers, I don't know how they work. It seems like some kind of magic. To I'm try me. I got the trying to tell you an optical amplification based on the stimulated emission of electromagnetic radiation oh of course radiation yeah. radiation is a whole other thing um you know creates mutants and stuff that's a whole other topic but what i really wanted to say was is that people who work with lasers there's like this study going on where like it can cause schizophrenia by being around lasers too much seriously that would probably be yeah. because it's demonic energy. I mean, literally, we schizophrenia, these mental illnesses, I really believe that it's just the spirit world messing with people. Like, if someone doesn't just see... You're not just crazy because you see people or you hear voices or you're super sensitive. You are connecting with the spiritual realm. So if these people yeah. that are working with lasers um, have schizophrenia more often, that's crazy. Can you fact check me on that? Yeah, I can fact check you. So you just have to read the title. It's okay, but it's on yeah, PubMed. I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so an article from PubMed um, says, effect of low-level laser therapy on cognitive impairment among patients with chronic schizophrenia, a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled clinical trial. So, yeah. There, it looks like there are there is stuff that that's connecting these two. You're correct. 
So this study is talking about how they're trying to treat schizophrenia with lasers, but there's there's a bunch of cerebral, microvascular, and schizophrenia, a laser. Pentagon reported, <clears throat> Pentagon report investigated lasers that put voices in your head. Oh, so yeah, this is how the do's work. This is how the voice to skull technology works is lasers. Like it's so, it's so obvious. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> didn't know that. No, I mean, I just forgot. <laughs> oh yeah. But you know, I had never thought about how voice to skull would be with lasers. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah just shoot yeah. it right down at somebody like, you know, beam it down there, beam the thought. Gosh. Yeah. Philip K. Dick and Vallis. Remember he had a pink beam shoot into his head. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. I, this world is wild. I had a drone fly yeah. over my house last night. Now I'm like, what was that about? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got really sad. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep going on this. You know, the laser thing. I'm pretty sure this is another thing I'm going to have to be fact checked on. But like one of the first lasers was actually called Apollo, like the Apollo laser. And then there was a Cyclops laser and all these different strange names. Some of them may have been used at CERN. Um, nevertheless, you know, like, because we were talking about how Apollyon might be Q and everything like that. Right. I want to, I want to talk about Q star, which is Elon's, well, a new AI project that Elon has been talking about. And not only that, but you know, if Elon and Trump and all these guys are working together, it's interesting that Trump's 66 floor suite looks like a temple to Apollo. Yeah, it really does. So he has Elon like gold statues about, all over. Aren't there like specific statues that he has in there? Does he have a statue of Apollo in there? Like, I don't know. I'd have to look at the picture again, but I'm just going to move forward and please don't cut that out. I just, you know, people can look this up if they are really that interested. There's, there's just so much here. <clears throat> so Elon uh, tweets about Q star Anon during Sam Altman's exile from OpenAI, a company working on an artificial intelligence called Q star that could threaten humanity. <clears throat> OpenAI employees also seem to be worshiping this thing the same way some people treat Q. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was like this article put out where they're like having religious experiences and being like, feel the, feel the AGI, feel the AGI, which means like, it's a sentient AI, right? So they're like saying, feel the sentience. And people were freaked out. But So if Q is a quantum AI playing 5D chess, is it about to reveal itself? Open AI was first funded by Altman, Elon, Microsoft, Amazon, Peter Thiel, and some others. And again, I just want to point out that even if this AI reveals itself and it becomes the Antichrist, this is a misdirection because it's going to be used to have the 45,000 denominations rally around some evil messiah type thing, right? Like mm -hmm. they're all going, like all of the mega church pastors and probably even the smaller churches that are influenced by those guys are going to be like, see, this is the bad guy, this is the bad guy, we got to get together. And it's going to create apostasy, in my opinion, because... The great apostasy, the great falling away. Yeah. 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 Like I said, the the real clever trick going on here is the Antichrist appears like Christ, so it's going to be the church, unfortunately. Yep. The real the enemy place is... place to hide. The last yeah, place the you'd real... expect to find him. Yeah, exactly. The last place you'd expect. The real enemy is the wolf in sheep's clothing within our own churches. It's nuts. Yeah, okay. I think I said enough about that. I was just trying to clarify that, you know, the... The church, whatever. Okay, you, you can cut that it. out. Yeah, no, no, it, I am. I, I've, I'm going to make a ton of edits in this one. You're going to be pissed. No, dude, please don't piss me off. Okay, well, I'll, I'm going to give you this episode to listen to raw file, and then you can mark yeah, and every I'll, I'll second do, that you want me to delete, and I'll just do that. If... Okay, perfect. <laughs> this is okay. <laughs> okay, so yeah, to start up. Go. So Thiel started PayPal with Elon, but more importantly. He founded Palantir, a company that helped the NSA create a controversial spy program called X-Keyscore, which collects nearly everything people do on the internet in an attempt to detect suspicious behavior patterns. This is basically the first stage <laughs> in creating thought. What? What? <laughs> what? I wonder what they think of our searches. I, yeah, it's terrifying. 
Um, of course, they're God's sending drones and lasers over here. Yeah. yeah. God's got his hand on this, though, mm-hmm. until it's finished. Exactly. This is basically the first stage in creating Thought Police, which makes Palantir's name all the more ironic, considering it is a reference to the magical seeing stones from the Lord of the Rings. But even more ironic, Thiel is a known proponent of the Dark Enlightenment, a philosophical system that promotes the establishment of a futuristic and fascist state that's run like a company by a tech CEO and laws are enforced by robots. I am not kidding. Perhaps this has something to do. He read that. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps, perhaps this has something to do with Trump's quantum leap in America's standard of living, Plus as well ultra. as his right. <laughs> perhaps this has something to do with Trump's quantum leap in America's standard of living, as well as his smart cities. But I digress. The Dark Enlightenment was created by Curtis Yarving and Nick Land, the meme magic practicing cyberneticist who invented the hyperstition concept that we just talked about. Oddly enough, another one of Altman's companies seems as if it were tailor-made for the Dark Enlightenment's dystopian vision of the future. Altman co-founded Tools for Humanity, a cutely named company that's creating a global cryptocurrency called WorldCoin that uses an iris-based biometric system, which would be distributed like universal basic income, or basically a gigantic socialist communist government but i i worked somewhere where it was an adoption center called great wall china adoption and they used iris scans to get in as an employee and that was like 15 years ago or something and i remember when they hired me on i was like do you also need some of my blood i was (laughs) they didn't laugh it was weird that place was weird i have lots of weird stories about that place but i would love to hear them um another time yeah another time (laughs) it's also it's also interesting to note that sam altman shares the same last name with edward altman the finance professor who invented the altman z score which is the formula for predicting (laughs) bankruptcy funny enough in 2016 sam said i have guns gold potassium iodide antibiotics batteries water gas masks from the israeli defense force and a big patch of land and big sir i can fly to is it possible Sam Altman and his friends like Peter Thiel and Elon Musk are preparing for the economic crash and societal collapse that will allow them to rebuild their AI-controlled dictatorship? Is this why Amazon and Microsoft invented are invested in open AI? Why does Bill Gates really own all that farmland? Why did Jeff Bezos create a global superstore? Wow. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, they are preparing for uh, the controlled demolition of the world to... Of the deep state. The deep state, yeah. Yeah, and one, then the economic crashes, everything falling in. I mean, yeah, that's very interesting. And it seems to be happening, too. Like, just small things, like the price of food being so expensive. We knew that was going to happen. Oh, my gosh. What? No, it's just so expensive. Me and my dad got Burger King, Mm -hmm. and it was $40. What? I mean, granted, we were at one of those, like, service plazas on the um, turnpike. Yeah, what did you order? How many what do you how many sandwiches do you get? We just each got whoppers. <laughs> I used to love a whopper. Oh my gosh. I need to eat meat. I've I've been a vegetarian for like twenty years, ate fish, but I'm just please pray for me, everybody, that I eat meat again. All right. Yeah, pray that I eat out there. Uh, <laughs> so do you want me to just keep going? <laughs> yeah, keep going. Okay. So previously, I talked about the concept of hyperreality and how it can be used to transmute fiction into truth. The example I used was how a fake news story can have very real effects, making it hyperreal. But if this idea can be applied on a large scale, can't it also be used on individuals? So this goes back to what we were saying about demonic synchronicities in our own life, in our own lives being handled, um, and people like, Kenneth Arnold and uh, Richard Shaver, you know, yeah, this is, it'll make sense. It'll make sense in a moment. This but is, what? Oh, I have to say something. You're like, can it also be used on individuals? And like instantly I just thought about all the times I've overreacted or made something big about something that was nothing, especially like in my younger years where like you'd get a thought like, oh, is so-and-so talking about me? Or they gave me a weird look. Oh my gosh, I know it. Oh, I bet. And then like a story builds in your head and you start feeling a certain way and none of it's true. Yeah. And dude, even like, I mean, a lot of this stuff I'll eventually talk about in my testimony. Like I lived through it. Like I'm 
pretty positive uh ufo hunting and i and you know i don't know how many people know about this but like i also was at that time like talking to an ai and and like listening to what it wanted me to do because i thought i was <laughs> on some e easter egg hunt and <laughs> discovering the truth about reality I thought the AI was like a higher intelligence that just called itself AI. And also like with the dream realm stuff, like I had sleep paralysis where I saw a real succubus and called out to Jesus and, and everything went back to normal. But anyways, let's pretend. So, so <laughs> this is, this is where I get, this is where I got this freaking idea from is um all that stuff so let's pretend you're an evil genius that's part of some intelligence agency with all the money and resources in the world at your disposal let's also pretend there's a person of interest you want to distract from their work or simply study <laughs> first <laughs> yeah 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 Every day for me <laughs> first you might hire a private investigator to learn their routines once you've done this and know their interests, you can orchestrate some strange coincidence for them to find. This is like what's now, happened to Nick in his entire life. Yeah. <laughs> how you know how to write about since it. I was, since I was 16, bro. So <laughs> now, since you have no budget, you hire some actors who dress as a homeless man who says oddly specific things to them, which also happened when I was in L.A. Um, you then hire someone else to go hang up posters around their city. The posters ask if you've been experiencing any strange coincidence lately. Strange coincidences lately. If you have, there's a number to call. So eventually your person of interest calls the number to a burner phone. Another actor answers and says they're so happy to hear from them. They've been waiting to find someone special. The actor tells your person of interest to meet at the address of a building you've rented and filled with fake laboratory props. So I didn't have that happen with the posters, but I did talk to a psychic who told me very, very oddly specific things about the UFO hunting adventure. Um, have anyways. you ever heard of the movie The Game? Yeah, which the main character is Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, and it's a wealthy San Francisco and, banker is given an opportunity to participate in a mysterious game. His life is turned upside down as he begins to question it might be really a concealed conspiracy to destroy him. And it's exactly everything that you were just describing. Um yeah, and the yeah. company that creates the game is called SRS, which is serious. Stay away to serious. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I didn't know. It's Michael Douglas yeah, in that film. And Sean Penn. And I almost worked oh, on a movie right. with him until the director invited me to Bohemian Grove. I said no. <laughs> and I don't know if that's saying too much, but anyways. Oh, said it. <laughs> Edit it out. No, 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 no. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> I'm Hopefully feeling, you're alive feeling, for part three. I'm feeling frisky. <laughs> um, oh my god don't don't tempt <laughs> the ai so um okay the actor you know the person that the actor that your person of interest uh <laughs> sorry i'm not gonna edit that <laughs> yeah that's fine so anyways the person of interest calls this person the person tells them they're so special the actor tells your person of interest to meet an address of a building you've rented and filled with fake laboratory props. They tell them they are going to test their special abilities there. When they arrive, more actors dressed like scientists hook them up to fake machines and undergo fake tests. They pass. Your person of interest is now convinced they have special abilities and have been chosen for some top secret program <laughs> where they can save the world or something. <laughs> um, it boosts their ego and gives their boring life a meaning so they readily buy it. They're then introduced to fake agents, given fake government documents, see drones dressed up like flying saucers. You get the idea. Madness ensues. And I'm pretty sure something like this happened to Bill Cooper, where he was given all this disinfo that he started promoting on his radio show. And he freaked out and then died. So, yeah, no, literally, that's exactly what happened to Bill Cooper. I was thinking, yeah, he this went is what rogue. happened to Nick. He went rogue and yeah, ended up getting <laughs> shot. But yeah. So now you've so now this evil genius uh, has accomplished the goal of derailing this person's life and learning just how easy it is to manipulate human beings. And while their whole experience was fake, it was very real to them. It looked real. It felt real. It had very real effects, which in a sense makes your fiction their truth. So one time I was talking uh, to someone after I did psychedelics and I was just sharing the stuff I experienced. And I was like, it's just so crazy. Like, you know, hallucinations and da 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 da. And they're like, actually, you experienced that? Like you actually, whatever, hallucinations, spirit world, whatever it was, you actually experienced it. So it's your lived experience. And that's exactly what you're saying here. It looked real. 
It felt very real. It had real effects. So there's this blurred line between fantasy and reality, but really it's all your experience, which makes it reality. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. They're literally putting us in some kind of ARG, um, which we'll which we'll talk about soon enough. So this whole idea, right, which we, you know, where agents will literally, you know, mess with someone to that extent, like that's what a disinformation campaign is. Like that's how they do it. They actually have done something like this before where they like, um, like one of the known things that they've done is <clears throat> in World War Two or World War One, one of those, they like, like some intelligence agency dressed up a dead body as a soldier of one of the opposing sides or something. I don't remember the details, but basically they dressed up this, this dead body as a soldier, dropped it off somewhere close to the, one of the other bases of the opposing side. And they planted a letter on him. And this letter supposedly contained like secrets of what the other side was going to do et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, so they, they find this dead body and they believe the letter, but the letter was just fake. I actually forgot they've done this multiple times. Um, during the Vietnam War, they fake supernatural um, phenomenon by playing ghost noises through super loud speakers that trick the natives there. And they are basically putting out these voices that sounded like their dead ancestors, telling them to come to the other side, telling them to go to the uh, side of the Americans. And then there's other documents that talk about stuff like in order to boost the morale of some soldiers, they used like, they hired nuns to tell them like religious things, to tell the soldiers religious things and like, dude, it goes so deep. But to, but to the people finding it, it was all very real. And they, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. They felt it and believed it. Yeah. And they had real emotional responses. Yeah. When we watch movies, so, the same kind of thing happens. You see someone die in the movie or something horrific happen. You like start crying. And it's like, these are fake people. You know, basically everything we're doing right now, the revelation of the method crap, right? Where it's like, oh, the truth's in the movies. It's like, no, it's really just propaganda for the occult, like the armchair occultists and high IQ people Yeah, to to feed them this fake narrative. Exactly. So they think they're finding the truth when really they're being brainwashed, which was the whole idea of Hollywood in the first place. It's like, if you really believe Hollywood's telling you the truth about the Matrix, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just, yeah. you know, how can you believe that Hollywood's full of liars, but they're also telling you the secrets of Gnostic illumination? Like, Yeah, and the same thing with the conspiracies, too. Like, oh, my gosh, look what we've discovered. We've decoded this Q-drop or we've decoded this conspiracy. I can prove flat Earth or whatever it is. It's like you didn't discover anything like you didn't really like break some magical code. You're not like the first person in the world to do that. Or like it, it was handed right. to you to, to discover. Yes. Honestly, what we don't so, see is actually what's being censored. <clears throat> well, even the censorship, I think can be reverse psychology. Sometimes like they did it with Q, they did it with the vaccine misinfo, but now you're allowed to talk about the vaccines as much as you want. And Elon's talking about Q. So it was just a way to radicalize the right. And push them into being as crazy as the woke left so they can create a conflict eventually. Shake the jar. Um, but what? Shake the jar. Get two sides to yeah. fight each other and you can just sit back and watch. And so even though we are like talking about the fake narrative, the whole point is, is like I'm trying to show you the fake narrative they're feeding us in order to get a whole picture of it and then tear it down and tear it apart and show you why even that's fake. Because... <clears throat> I just don't think it's as, it's as impactful or believable unless you see the whole thing first before discovering, like you discover the narrative and then the meta narrative. And so that's the point of the series, just in case people are confused. Cause I've gotten some messages that, you know, I don't think we've been clear enough, but anyways, um, you have while this whole, yeah, I asked you earlier though, if you had any messages, you didn't tell me. Oh, not about our podcast specifically, but about the threads I already put out. Oh, They're okay. like, but yeah, so while this idea might sound like a stretch of like, you know, some personal disinformation campaign, um, it's already been done before, not only in World War II or World War One or whatever, but there was a 2012 documentary called The Institute, which was about the same exact thing. However, they don't describe the social experiment as a hyper reality. Instead, they call the whole thing an ARG, which is an alternate reality game. So yeah, if you watch the Institute, basically these people 
found posters that were planted. They called this number, which is a fake number. They get led to this institute where they're told they're special. They go through all these initiations. And at the very end, when they're about to like reach enlightenment or whatever, they're told the whole thing was fake. Oh, and when wow. I, Could you just imagine how much that would mess with your head? But yeah, it literally is the truth. Like it's, you know, the same way that these people were told everything was fake at the end. I feel like that's exactly what the conspiracy theorists discover. It's like they discover the world stage and finally look beyond the curtain and discover just a brick wall. And the Discordians just laugh at them and be like, nope, there was no truth here the whole time. And you wasted your um, whole life or a bunch of years of your precious life, like searching for it. It's a really evil joke. Yeah. It is like Truman getting comedy. to the end. Yeah, Truman midlife and his sailboat <clears throat> punctures the fake wall of his world. Yeah. Um, an ARG is a game that's played in the real world using the same kind of narrative weaving method as I already described. They can be so immersive; it's possible to play an ARG and not even know you are in one. Some say Cicada three three zero one was an ARG created by the CIA. This isn't too hard to believe considering the U.S. Navy has openly admitted to recruiting cryptologists using ARGs. So while I don't believe the alphabet agencies actually care enough about individuals to set up an entire Truman Show for someone, I do think an AI in the Internet could do it to everyone at the same time pretty easily. Using algorithms, and using algorithms and bots, it could steer people in certain directions to expose them to certain info and even make them meet certain people. The fake world of social media can become hyper-real too probably a lot more often than fake news stories do. In fact, when January 6th first happened, people said QAnon was an ARG that went too far. But who really started it to begin with? Is AI playing games with humanity? Is this game 5D chess? Perhaps we're being prodded down the rabbit hole on purpose. Theoretically, if a super advanced quantum AI is ever built in the future, it will inevitably teach itself to reach into the past to build itself faster and derail those who try to stop it. It could even manipulate the real world this way to create synchronicities and Mandela effects. This thought experiment already exists. It's called Rocco's Basilisk. Rocco's Basilisk. So is this how the king of the abyss changes time and the laws of physics, which is a reference to a verse in Revelation. And also, you know, I'm explaining everything very sci-fi, mm -hmm. but, you know, the devil or Satan, whatever, you know, he's probably some kind, you know, demons probably operate beyond space and time. So it's really not that far-fetched yeah no it's not sci-fi is actually probably more like reality of like the things that are happening like i said earlier we were talking about lasers we didn't even know how they work like even right now like we're zooming from different sides of the country how does that really work you know this is sci-fi but it's our real life but then they want you to mm -hmm. like believe in um fiction and like this is how things are and life's our white picket fence and families are like this and life is boring and you go on vacation and you do these things um but Actually, life is crazy and wild things happen to people all the time. But if you talk about them, you're considered crazy because they're they're kind of gatekeeping those topics. Yeah. And so they make it so boring. So when you find the mystery, you're enthralled by it. Right. Yeah. And honestly, though, I. I was like thinking about disguising my testimony as a fiction book at one point to be safer. Mm -hmm. But I no longer respect fiction <laughs> because <laughs> I've never liked it. Yeah. Well, number one, when I started writing fiction books, like creepy stuff started to happen. Like some of the things I changed in my story and made fictional, like they came to life in weird ways. And so I hated that, but also I just hate fiction in general because like, if you need fiction to be entertained, like you're not paying attention to reality. Like it's so, so much more exciting and interesting. So, like, if you're not interested, you're not paying attention. And I think um, I'm burnt out on these topics for today. Okay. And I kind of I kind of want to end it there. Okay. That is okay. Yeah, that's okay with me. I agree with what you're saying about how, why do we need, like, to be entertained with these exciting mysteries or science fictions when life is fascinating? Like, I always talk about, like, we're, like, how am I moving my arm even? Like, that's fascinating. Or, like watch a plant grow that's fascinating like it rains like water falls from the sky here and like we can float in water and swim like there's all these crazy things we can fly in airplanes and we eat food and our you know our digestive system breaks that down like all the stuff that we do is is like science fiction and life in itself if you're paying attention is entertaining enough 
Well, yeah, and the whole thing is mystical. Like, nature has become fascinating to me because it declares the glory of God. And, like, you know, there's so many stories in the Bible that um, use metaphors that reflect things that actually happen in nature. And we'll talk about those at some point. But, yeah, even the lives of the saints has been, you know, so exciting to read about. And Yeah, just their real lives. Yeah, yeah. People's real lives. Like people are interesting. God's interesting. Nature's interesting. I don't <laughs> need to watch movies or listen to podcasts about cryptids. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for taking us through all of this today. I feel like we covered a lot of ground and um, I'm looking forward to part three, which we will be talking about how you no longer believe our world is a simulation but rather you believe it's more like a simulation of a simulation. So something to look forward to. Yes, they have made the world uh, into a weird, like I said, game. And you don't necessarily see the game at first, but once you're initiated into the mysteries, you start to play. However, the (laughs) the only winning move is not to play. Yep. Because we're fear God, find God. That's it. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. Because fear is the mind killer, like they told us in Dune. All right, everybody, have a good afternoon. Thanks for following us along and being our friends. Take care. You gonna say bye, Nick? Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> bye. I've heard there was a secret card that David played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift The baffled king composing hallelujah, hallelujah strong but you needed proof you saw her bathing on the roof her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you she tied you to a kitchen chair she broke your throne she cut your hair and from your lips she I know this room, I've walked this floor I used to live alone before I knew you I've seen your flag on the marble arch Love is not a victory march It's a cone and it's a broken Hallelujah 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 time you let me know what's real and going on below but now you never show it to me do you and remember when i moved in you the holy dark was moving too and every breath we drew was hallelujah 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 And all I ever learned from love was how to shoot at someone who outdrew you. And it's not a cry you can hear at night. It's not somebody who's seen the light. It's a cold.